Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Hankook Dynapro AT2 Extreme. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. What is up, Straight Fire fam? It's me, Jason McIntyre. Straight Fire. For Friday, January 6th, we got big news in the NFL late last night. A lot of you waking up to it this morning. The Bengals-Bills game will be canceled. Will not continue. We'll get into that. Big guest today, Danny Cannell, my guy. I like Cannell a lot. I got to know him a little bit when he would come out to FS1, I don't know, 2017 maybe? And then I hung out with him a couple times at the Super Bowl. Super good guy. We talk about everything, college football, including Monday's Natty, Georgia TCU. We're kind of on the same side in that one. Talk about that from a gambling angle. And, of course, NIL stuff, which he's very passionate about, the transfer portal. And then we'll wrap up the podcast with the best bets for Week 18. I just want to caution you guys. Week 18, you do not have to fire. Even though I've been running hot the last couple weeks, no need to get over eager. And fire on everything. Keep your powder dry for the playoffs. I don't want to talk about college basketball last night. Didn't it was not a great night. Frustrating. But uh, we got to start, obviously, with the big news. Bengals-Bills will not be resumed. I think this was the obvious outcome, right? Everybody kind of knew that we were headed here. There was just no logical way to like pick up that game in the first quarter. And just, like, we're in week 18. It's the end of the season. Playoffs start next week. It's just, it was, it was borderline impossible. And, uh, you know, it's funny because a bunch of people were tweeting at me and uh, friends were texting like, you know, if you could go back in time, could we have, 
is there a way we could have resumed the game that night? And I still think there's no way on earth. I mean, they were giving chest compressions to Hamlin on the field. They needed to shock his heart back so he could be resuscitated. There's no way that game could be continued. And, and truthfully, you know, I don't know what the state of the Bengals and the Bills is heading into this weekend. And the Bengals have a massive game, which we'll talk about. And the Bills have an enormous game as both are kind of chasing Kansas City in a loaded AFC. And the top seed, you know, almost certainly will go to the Chiefs. But the NFL found kind of a something of a middle ground. Remember, Buffalo beat KC earlier this season. Patrick Mahomes had a chance to tie it through a pick late. Very uncharacteristic of him. So Buffalo already beat them. They held the tiebreaker, but now they're going to have one less game. So Kansas City plays this weekend. I think everybody thinks they're probably going to handle the Raiders. No, I don't think the Jarrett Stidham train will leave the station again. Although, listen, for him to carve up a really, really top-shelf defense in San Fran, now he faces a big step down in class against a Chiefs defense that has lagged a little bit in recent weeks. I mean, geez, Russell Wilson's going up and down the field against them twice. Um, and Russell Wilson hadn't done that really all season. So there is a chance Sidham does okay. I just don't think there's any way possible he duplicates what was just a shocking performance against the Niners. So yeah, Kansas City clearly has the inside track on getting the number one seed. This is where the NFL makes it interesting, okay? Today, there will be a vote from the competition committee about a potential neutral site AFC championship game. I don't really have a problem with that. Now, I am curious where that site would be. Is it equidistant between Buffalo and Kansas City? Um, is it equidistant between Buffalo and Cincinnati? Like, I, I don't know where this site would be. I'm hoping, given that KC would have been outdoors, Buffalo would have been outdoors, Cincinnati outdoors, we're not going to go indoor and make it a little bit of a cheesy vibe and and clean it all up and play it on turf or anything. These are how it can shake out a couple ways. Number one, if Buffalo beats the Patriots this weekend, and I actually think that's going to be a very tough game. The line is going against Buffalo toward Belichick. I know Josh Allen and the Bills have owned New England, but again, consider the circumstances. One of their players, their comrades, is in a hospital in Cincinnati and you know, even though they received great news on Thursday that he was writing and asked, did we win the game? And he's responding to touch on his hands and feet. You know, all this is great signs. Like the Buffalo Bills know he's laying in a hospital bed and there's no telling if he's ever going to play football again. We don't know. We're hopeful. But what's the mindset of these Buffalo Bills? And that's impossible to get into. It's it's like trying to understand the motivation for some of these teams. For instance, Jets-Dolphins, right? Mike White sounds like he's limited to practice. Is it going to be Joe Flacco? Zach Wilson? I don't freaking know what the Jets are going to do. Chris Strievler? But then on the other side, it's like, well, Miami has a lot to play for. Oh, by the way, they just signed Mike Glennon off the practice squad. Oh, <laughs> okay. So it's going to be the third stringer, Skylar Thompson, who was quite bad against the Jets. Versus who the hell knows. But wait, the Jets have been eliminated. Miami's got a lot to play for. What's the motivation? And people are trying to dig into that. And yes, there is a way to kind of get around that. It's difficult. And especially for this game, because not all motivation is equal. Remember, you could say, hey, the Jets are going to play spoiler. They hate the Dolphins. Okay. 
That's fine. And I could share with you that the New York Jets were gutted by their no-show in Seattle. That is a different nothing to play for than, say, I don't know, the Cleveland Browns, Pittsburgh Steelers. The Browns have had nothing to play for for weeks. I would say they have more motivation to be a spoiler to the Steelers than the Jets do to the Dolphins. Because the Jets, you know, you just realized after the loss last week, season over, no playoffs. I can guarantee you a third of the team was with their wife, their girlfriend, talking about where they're going to go on vacation. I had the same conversation with my wife recently <laughs> uh, about what we're doing post-Super Bowl, okay? And we just booked something literally last week. Like, that's where you get if you're the Jets. You know the season's over. Where are we going? That's different than the Browns, whose season has been over for weeks. And the Browns now can play like, hey, this is the last show. Well, we're going to wreck the Steelers, go into the offseason strong with a couple wins. Like, that's a different mindset. But you try to dig deep into Buffalo. I, I, don't, I have no clue what they're thinking. At any rate, if Buffalo beats the Patriots, Kansas City beats the Raiders, the Bills-Chiefs AFC Championship game will be at a neutral site. Okay, so that's one. I, I think that's fair. Okay, and I'm largely with the NFL decisions. We'll get to the point I have an issue with shortly. If Buffalo and KC both lose, very unlikely, and Baltimore wins or ties, Bills Chiefs championship game, neutral site. That's a lot to happen. I think Buffalo could lose. I would take a nibble on the on the uh, Patriots. I don't see Kansas City losing under any circumstances. Baltimore, I don't know because, again, we're trying to get into the head of the Bengals. Like, I, I was totally blissfully unaware that people were going after T. Higgins on social media for because he was the one who DeMar Hamlin hit. Like, what? And then apparently Bart Scott and Stephen A. Smith at ESPN went after T. Higgins? I'm like, did this really happen? And again, sometimes I'm in my own zone, guys. You know this. I, I Listen, I rooted for Bart Scott when he was with the Jets. Can't wait. I remember all that. I couldn't tell you one thing Bart Scott's ever said on TV, I, and nor do I really care. Uh, Stephen A. Smith, I know he's a big deal. He makes like $9, $10 million a year. Wonderful. I don't care what his thoughts are on the NFL, ever. I just, I just don't. I didn't know he's dumb enough to go after T. Higgins. That's just insane. But I digress. Finally, and this one is the interesting one. If Buffalo and KC both lose and Cincinnati beats the Ravens, a Bills or Bengals Chiefs championship game will be in a, at a neutral site. Again, I totally understand it. This seems like, I think, I think Cincinnati ultimately beats the Ravens here. It is not going to be Lamar Jackson. Tyler Huntley is banged up. I don't think Baltimore pulls it off. I think Cincinnati pulls it out. The final one is the one that frustrates me. And I think a lot of people will be upset by this, especially Bengals fans. If the Ravens win and are matched against Cincinnati in an AFC wildcard game, the site will be determined by a coin flip. A coin flip. Just let that sink in. A coin is going to determine whether the Ravens get to be at home or Cincinnati gets to be at home. Does that sound right? A coin flip? Can they find nothing else? Now, the Ravens did beat the Bengals 19-17 earlier in the season. Close game, as are most of the games in, in this series. But a coin flip? Can we do nothing better than flip a coin? Bengals, by the way, 5-1 and one at home. Ravens, 5-3. and three, But it's a little weird because they have had Lamar Jackson out for so long. Um, I mean, you could go point differential. You could go, um, oh, you can't really go record in a division. It wouldn't help the Bengals, who have lost three games in the division. Ravens are the opposite, three and two. You could go conference record. 
I don't know. It just seems like a major shaft if you're flipping a coin. Like the Bengals could go from totally rattled, had a home game at Buffalo, incident happens, and now you lose because, you know, it's a tough spot to play a game six days, the Hamlin situation. And next thing you know, you lose the coin flip, and now all of a sudden you go from leading the division to got to go on the road to Baltimore. That's, I don't know. I'm sure the Ravens fans are thanking their lucky stars because we all know that, like, come on, this Ravens team is not very good. I I don't think Huntley wins that game. I just don't like the coin flip situation. That being said, if the Ravens do win, remember, that result will be final before the Chargers game begins. Guys, I'm, I'm sorry. I think the Chargers do everything in their power. Everything to face Tennessee or Jacksonville. And I know you, you, you what, what is the saying? You um, be careful what you wish for. And a lot of teams have tanked and done such and such in hopes to face an inferior opponent and then they end up losing. I'm sure that's happened. I don't have examples off the top of my head. That being said, the Chargers are underdogs in Cincinnati 100%. The Chargers are favored in Tennessee. I mean, since it's going to be Josh Dobbs or Malik Willis. I don't. What do, what do you think that line is? Are, are they six point favorites, five and a half in, in Tennessee and in Jacksonville? I think they're at least three, maybe three and a half. And I think if you're the Chargers, you feel good about those games, and you go to Joe, face Joe Burrow on the road. I don't necessarily think you're feeling great about that, given what Burrow has done in his postseason NFL career, i.e., gone to the Super Bowl in the first run. So, listen, the NFL had a tough decision to make. Ultimately. I, I like everything except the coin flip. Um, no, I don't have an answer. I would have loved to have been in the room to hear what their other options were. Um, but that's how, uh, I mean, the committee's going to vote today and we'll, we'll find out what the ultimate resolution is. But my, oh my, I guess that means I have a fantasy football championship. Uh, uh, should I say another one? Uh, I have to text the guy in my league that I was uh, I was facing. He's a nice guy. And I did get your comments, guys, about splitting the pot potentially. But uh, it's a sizable number. So I think I'm going to go ahead and just take it. I mean, I, nah, I'm not going to put it up to vote in the league. You, know, you never know what's going on behind the scenes there. But anyway, I digress. Without further ado, let's get to our guest, Danny Cannell of CBS Sports. You know a guy. Jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports. I know what sports fans want. But for everything he doesn't, he knows a guy who does. Let's just say I know a guy who knows a guy knows another guy all right let's welcome in a guest he's been on the, the podcast before i've worked with him one of the one of the best guys in the sports media industry just a nice guy he's real he's authentic he played at a high level college football i think he was dating a playmate for a minute I, we shouldn't talk about it in case his wife listens to this or his kids uh and then of course he was in the nfl and now he's with cbs and he's joining us um courtesy of bet online where you can find a bunch of national championship lines, spread, total, first TD, margin of victory, total touchdowns, all that fun stuff. Danny Cannell, what is up, my man? What's going on, Jace? How we doing, man? It's been a minute. I'm fired up. Uh, we got, you know, it's all, it's kind of bittersweet, though. Like, college football is winding down with the national championship game. So it's kind of a bummer. I think it's been an awesome season. And then we kind of have the Super Bowl. And before you know it, we're going to be in the offseason of football, which yeah. is like the doldrums. But it's been phenomenal, man. But it's good to be back on with you, man. It's been a minute. 
Yeah, it has. Uh, I remember Danny used to come out uh, for FS1, and I was like telling him, like, I'd love, this guy needs to be at the network. Well, he's good, and now he's at CBS doing a bunch of stuff coming out west to SoFi for the championship game. We'll talk about that shortly. Um, but just as we record this on Thursday, uh, moments before uh, Sam Hartman announced that he's officially transferring from Wake Forest to Notre Dame, he's uh, posted on social media. I think this is a massive get for the Irish. I think the arrow's pointing up. Um, it looks like they're going to be good next year. Listen, Hartman, I think, has like 40 starts under his belt. He's like 23, 24 years old. Danny, this is a big one for Notre Dame. Are they? You think you see them as a, a contender next year? I do, especially like this year has been so good for college football because I think the TCU, TCU story has been phenomenal. Like they were 5-7 and seven a year ago. They were predicted to finish 7th out of the 10 teams in the Big 12. And then here they're playing for the national championship. So, like, if TCU can do it, why? I think it's going to bring a lot more hope to a program like Notre Dame, who this season really did feel like quarterback was an issue, right? They've had pretty good stability at the position. And then it was a bumpy ride this year, whether it was Drew Pine, who left to go to Arizona State, or Ty Buckner. It just felt like it was one of the missing pieces. You talk about Sam Hartman. So, in their bowl game, he just completed a pass. I think it was his, I don't know, 100 and whatever touchdown pass yeah. to become the all-time leader in the ACC for career touchdown passes. This is not a, this is not a story of a guy who was a five-star who lose, you know, lost his job and is looking for another opportunity. This is one of the more accomplished quarterbacks in all of college football, and now he's going to a program where Marcus Freeman's got them. I mean, look at what they did to the good teams in the ACC this year. And I know they lost to Ohio State, even though it was a close game. And they lost to Marshall, which was perplexing. And the Stanford loss might have been even more perplexing, considering how bad Stanford this year was this year. But they beat North Carolina significantly. They handled Clemson, who ended up winning the ACC. And they played USC pretty well. And in those games, I think you saw, like, man, this team can compete with anybody in the country – Imagine if they get a true playmaker at the quarterback position, and that's how I would describe Sam Hartman. So I think it's a great spot for him, and I think it's got to have um, you know, the, the Irish fans really fired up about next year's prospects. Big time. So I was trying to look and see whose record he broke in the ACC. You played at FSU. Were you guys independent, or were you ACC when you were there? So my freshman year, this is funny. I think you'll get a kick out of this. My freshman year was our first year in the ACC. So I was fully, you know, full, my full four-year career was in the ACC. So I started for two years and my senior year, I set the record for ACC, you know, the conference record for touchdowns in a career with 59. And I'm, and (laughs) and so Phillip Rivers then had the record and I'm looking it up because I know, I think it was, a. so they've like doubled it up, which is crazy because I think it's a couple things. It's the way the game has changed and it's also you know players play for much longer right like sam hartman's been a multi-year starter just like philip rivers was but the fact that it was 59 you know 30 years ago and now it's changed to where it's over 100 and you know close to 120 it's pretty remarkable how things have changed in the sport of football yeah also remarkable your fsu knowles if you started there in 92 i just looked it up they finished second first fourth fourth not bad Decent yeah, I was run. part of the yeah, I was a part of like the the dy- the dynasty years for Bobby Bowden. Jeez, I mean, there was a, four, a 14 year run, Jace, where we never finished outside the top five. Wow. And I think most of them were in the top four, which to me, like 
And there's no real argument you can have against Nick Saban as the greatest coach of all time because he's got the titles. But I always kind of push back a little bit. I'm like, man, if we had mul- like if we had a playoff with four teams, we would have gotten opportunities that we didn't get that I think we would have made the most of, and you would have been able to add at least two more titles to Bobby Bowden's resume, which would have put him yeah. at four. Again, nowhere close to Nick Saban, but I think he would have been up there in thought of even higher regard than he already is if we were playing in a four-team playoff setup. Yeah, so uh, double-digit years, top finishing top five. This is how far FSU's fallen. Last uh, three, six, six years, they have not finished in the top 25. Top 25. They should this year, right, with Norvell. I think they had a good end to the season. Yeah, they they beat so they got their first ten win season since twenty fifteen. Um, it was bad. It was rough times, and you know you do feel like it's part of the cycle of college football. That's what I was hoping, and it feels like hopefully we're cycling back to an upward trend. And I got to give a ton of credit to two people. One is Mike Norvell, the head coach who took mm-hmm. over the COVID year. It was a disaster. Three wins. You know, it, but that was tough on anybody to take over a program when you can't even meet with the players in person. That was really a tough ask. But then the second year, it didn't get that much better at five and seven. And you're like, this is not the standard. So he came into this season with a ton of pressure on him. And I don't want to say hot seat, but there were definitely some rumblings. And if it was another five and seven, it is not out of the realm of possibility. They might have made a change, especially with Deion Sanders lingering around, you know, in the same region of the country. So he silenced all those critics, gets to a 10-win season, wins their bowl game against Oklahoma. And the other person who deserves a ton of credit is Jordan Travis, who is one of the best quarterbacks in the country. He really is. And it may not be the NFL draft prototype. Like, I haven't seen him show up on NFL draft boards just yet. But I think he could play himself into the conversation with another year like he had this season. And it's been a – the reason I give Mike Norvell a ton of credit and Jordan Travis – he wasn't a five-star who came in like Trevor Lawrence and it was all this potential and it just works and it goes off to the races. It was a yeah. bumpy ride and Florida State had him. They brought in Mackenzie Milton last year from UCF, remember? That's right. Competing for the job, sharing reps, and he was a little inconsistent. From the back end of last year into the season, I've, I've, it's like progress and development, which I think is a credit to both the hard work from Jordan Travis and the job that Mike Norvell and that coaching staff have yeah. done with him, developing him into a good quarterback, which has been a great story. But you hear progress and you're like, a lot of kids, they don't want that. They just want to bail instantly and they want to transfer. I mean, listen, the Spencer Rattler story, remember him? Yep. Uh, uh, superstar Oklahoma, Heisman, number one pick, lock it up and, you know, loses his job in like a month. I mean, he was uneven at South Carolina until the end of the year. He had that great win over Tennessee, um, which eliminated Tennessee from the bowl, uh, from from the playoff. I, I don't know. Spencer Rattler turned it around. I, I'm I'm a huge transfer portal guy. I hope. Are you a big fan? I wouldn't say I'm a big fan. Yes, I think it, that's why I asked. I don't <laughs> hate it because there's too many examples. I mean, go down the list. Joe Burrow. Now he's a graduate transfer, but still he started his career at Ohio State, finished at LSU, won a national championship. Baker Mayfield started at Texas Tech, finished at Oklahoma as one of the most prolific passers in history and a first round pick. Kyler Murray started to, you know, like you can go down with Jalen Hurts, started Alabama, goes to Oklahoma. There are amazing success stories. Justin Fields started Ohio State, goes to, uh, or excuse me, started Georgia, goes to Ohio State. There are amazing success stories that I think are good for college football that have helped teams either contend for a national championship or outright win them like Burrow did. I do think for every great story, there's probably 10 
stories that are letdowns. You know, a JT yeah. Daniels who is on oh his fourth. Oh my gosh, how many? You know, <laughs> is he on his fourth? I mean, it's yeah. Like, so. It was USC, Georgia, West Virginia, Pitt? and now Rice. He transferred oh, again. Rice. Yeah, like, but here's so here's my philosophy on what college. I'll, I'm curious to see what you think because I know you like outside the box ideas. So here's what I think college football is evolving into organically. I think it's becoming – it's always been minor league NFL. Yeah. But the players have been exploited, right? They're not paid. Now that you're seeing NIL money and you're seeing the transfer portal so they're allowed to move, I think you're seeing a minor league baseball model kind of organically evolving where mm. – I'll give you an example. So JT Daniels is a good example. Comes in as a five-star. So let's say he starts at AAA because he's a five. He starts at USC, one of the best programs in the country. Yeah. Then he kind of doesn't work out, so he gets an opportunity at Georgia, another school that you would say is a triple-A you know, program as far as minor league baseball goes. Doesn't work out there, so then he bumps down a notch. Not a significant, but goes to West Virginia. Double-A ball, right? Double he's a, not performing okay. there. Goes down to double-A. <laughs> then it doesn't work there. He goes down to single-A. So he's kind of going through the ranks of college football trying to figure out where he fits. All right. On the flip side, you've got the same thing working where guys play their way up through the system as well, where – Hartman, yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. Sam Hartman at a double-A program in the ACC at Wake Forest. Now, all of a sudden, he's moved up to triple-A. He's got an opportunity. Um, yeah. There's a kid, Cam Ward, was at the single-A, jumped all the – he was the FCS player of the year, goes to Washington State, goes all the way up to the top. Oh. So I think it's kind of evolving where you're seeing this movement and the talent sort of sorting itself out by how you play on the field, yeah. which I think is interesting. I do think the issue with it, though, is structure, and that's the only real issue I have with it is there's got to be, since we're treating them like professionals, and this is a problem that I hear from college coaches all the time, it's almost impossible to manage a roster. And and, and I know coaches don't get much sympathy, and they don't deserve it because they make $10 million a year. But as far as the sport itself and for the health of the sport, I do think there needs to be maybe multi-year contracts. There needs to be the ability well, to wait a trade second. or um, cut players. Like It's going to be more professional the more we're treating it professional. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of general tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. 
Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their general tire, test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment... Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. So, Danny, let's say FSU brings in, I don't know, is this too big of a number? 20 kids who are four- and five-star recruits. Is that too big? No, because that's about okay. going, like, okay. Texas A&M is losing 27 players in the portal, so they're probably oh going to bring gosh. in 20. Yeah, 20. I mean, it's, there's okay, a so lot let's of say turnover. You get, you sign or verbal commit, whatever you want, 20 kids who are four and five star. Mm-hmm. Just because you got them, it doesn't mean they're coming, right? You need to keep recruiting them, keep that door open, keep that line of communication constant because you know there's people trying to poach them, right? Right. So how is that any different than your top 20 guys on your roster, right? You got a roster, 85 guys dress. Uh, I know home games, it could be like more, but okay, 85 guys rest. There's 20 that are massively integral to the team. You've got to constantly nurture those relationships, right? Is that a good thing? I mean, it, I, I don't see how it's a bad thing. All right, here's how it's a bad thing. Okay. I think we're softening our players. And why I say well, that, yeah. like coaches <laughs> yeah, are afraid. Coaches are afraid to coach them hard. They're afraid to chew them out. They're afraid to bench them. Like I and all of these things I went through when I was in college. In fact, I just talked to my coach this morning, Mark Rick, and he was laughing oh, about wow. it, saying, "Man, I remember you." And and guess what? I needed it. I needed to get yelled at. There were a bunch. You yeah. know, when you're you're college, you're, you're either cocky, you get lazy. Sometimes you need an extra push, or sometimes you don't play well. I was benched my my junior year. I was the starter. I had a horrific performance in the Orange Bowl against the Hurricanes. I threw three. Wait, picks. That, wait, hold on. That was at the end of the season. Uh, like midway, like six or seven games into my first year as the starter at Florida okay. State. Everything so was you going sunk great. it up in the Orange Bowl. Yeah, everything was going great. We're playing against the Miami Hurricanes. We're both top 10. I threw three picks and got benched in that game. Who, who came game, in for you? Do you remember? What's that? Who came in for you? John Stark. He was a quarterback that was a junior college transfer, and he came in, and I'll never forget. Like I called my dad. My dad was actually at the game because it was in Miami. I lived not that far away. And my dad was like, you know, you're going to have to fight through this. And I remember I had to have a good practice. I had to earn the starting job. And thankfully, I did get another start and kind of played my way out of it. But a lot of players now, if you get benched, they they sulk. Oh, I'm just going to leave. This coach benched me. How dare you bench me? I'm not like you're going to make me face this adversity head on. No, I'll just go in the portal and find somebody who will baby me. Like, Mm. I don't I don't think it's healthy that you have to re-recruit your roster constantly well, I just yeah. don't think that's good for the athlete or the program. But isn't that on the kid? If you are so soft that the first sign of um, adversity, getting yelled at or benched, you're out, well, you're probably not cut out for that level anyway, are Agreed. you? 
And I think we see that all the time. And I do think there are a lot of players where the coach is like, you're going in the, they're celebrating when a player goes in the portal. Like this guy doesn't have it. He can't compete here. We need that scholarship. But I also think it's, so let's look at it this way. Your coaches are poaching left and right, calling players from your roster, tampering. You know, Mm. if it's an NBA, it would be tampering. That's something I need to be brought under control because there might be a player. I don't want to pick on USC, but we saw what Lincoln Riley did with Jordan Addison. The Fred Bolitnikoff winner at Pitt was perfectly Mm. happy at Pitt, and USC just poached him right off their offer and said, hey, come out here, come out west. And it's a good offer, and I don't blame Jordan Addison for doing it. I would have done the same thing, but I blame the structure because Pitt didn't get anything in return for developing him, for setting up NIL NIL deals of their own, mm-hmm. for giving him the platform to have the year where he had the best season in college football as a wide receiver two years ago, and they didn't get anything in return. Yeah. When a coach mm-hmm. leaves, there's a buyout, right? When Lincoln Riley leaves Oklahoma, there's a buyout. You get something in return. That's where I do think if there's an idea where maybe we pay you a sum, we give you a scholarship, we then you know something has to be done so that the programs that lose players get something in return, or we need to really start monitoring the poaching off of certain rosters so that it can't happen. That that part is tough. I would, I guess, the counter would be well. First of all, you got to know you're a double A in your example, right? So right. you're a double A school. So the the triple A schools are going to be hovering, and as Addison is ascending. On a weekly basis, you guys are nurturing that relationship and doing whatever you can to keep the guy happy. I know that doesn't sound like a nice thing you got to do, but I feels like that's modern sports now, isn't it? I, it is. Or am I going I, overboard? Which I don't. I know there's been a massive player player movement over the last decade, ten to fifteen years. I was always taught the coach is always right. You know, you fall in line, and that was the way I was raised. I think it's different now. I think players have more leverage than ever before, even more leverage than the coach. And especially in college, in college football and basketball, they have more leverage than professional athletes, right? Professional athletes are under contract for multi-years. They can't go in. They can hold out. They could try to force a trade, but they really can't. Players now in college can do whatever they want, and that's why I just don't think it's great. I think there needs to be some structure. And I am for NIL. I'm for players making money. I'm for players being able to go from one school to another. I just think there's got to be more structure to it, which is pretty much what you're hearing from a lot of coaches across the game. Yeah. At the same time, when you see this Georgia-TCU matchup, and we'll talk about the line and stuff in a sec, but, you know, Danny, I see on one side you got Max Duggan, who is, I think he was a four-year starter at TCU, and he was middling and nothing special, and then he gets Sonny Dykes, and he makes the jump to light speed, and he's having a great year, and now maybe he's a six-round pick. I don't know. And on the other side, you've got, what, 25-year-old Stetson Bennett? Is he 25 yet or 25? Yeah, he's 25, yeah. 25. you got a 25-year-old who stuck it out. And, you know, not to go back to Hartman, but I kind of believe you got to have this old veteran guy at quarterback who's been through some battles, and when you're 25 facing 19-year-olds, you got to be way better, right? That's obvious. You're more, more experienced. You're smarter. I, I kind of look at this matchup as maybe a blueprint for how we're going to see things in the coming years. I, I don't even think Stetson Bennett's great. Do you? No, not from an NFL perspective. I think he's perfect for Georgia. Like mm. Kirby Smart has a guy that the team will rally around, and he's not going to kill you. Like So here's the way I look at it. Last year he got the keys to the Ferrari, and last year it was very much don't drive it off the road. Just keep it steady. Yes. And this year... I do think 
he's like taking it out. He's having a little more fun with it, right? He's like starting to open up on the open road. He had four touchdowns in the first half of the SEC championship game against LSU uh, in the game against Ohio State, game-winning drive. Like he's starting to flourish in the system where granted all year they didn't ask him to do a whole lot, but they trust him. And when you've got that sort of veteran experience, there is a huge edge to that like you're talking about. How about Max Duggan's story is one of the best in college football, multi-year starter, but still the first of this year, there was a quarterback competition, which he lost to Chandler Morris, who was on. So Chandler Morris started week one for TCU. Max Duggan lost the starting job, even though he had played a ton of football. And then a lot of quarterbacks, like we were talking about, would have said, oh, I'm going to transfer. I'm going to get in the portal before I use my eligibility. I'm going to leave. He stuck it out. Chandler Morris gets hurt. He comes in, and the rest is history. Sonny Dykes was brought – I think it was week three or four. Sonny Dykes was brought to tears talking about Max Duggan, what a tough decision it was for him to make the call on the starter, how proud he was of him working his way through adversity. It's an amazing story, and I do think if you watch him, he wills his team to win. I mean, the Big 12 championship, I knew they came up short, but he wills his team to win. Like Physically, he's spent – he makes big plays. It's a little bit of a bumpy ride. It's not always the prettiest. Like you said, I don't think he's going to be a first-round pick. He's probably a fourth or fifth-round pick in the NFL. But he just finds ways to win. He's physical. And I think that physicality is going to get tested against Georgia's defense. Yeah, when I see the 15 jersey, I instantly think of a certain guy yeah. who you know, Tim Tebow. Yep. Um, I, I just think of that. And when you see him on these drives and carrying keepers and in the red zone, like, He's tough, man. He's not backing down from anybody. I like this kid. That being said, I don't know, man. Does TCU have any chance in this one? The spread I saw was up to 13.5, and and now it's down to 12.5. So a little bit of buyback, I guess, on TCU. Uh, Is this dumb money, Danny? Uh, So This kind of feels like it could be a blowout. I'm so torn. I think it's either you lay them with Georgia or you sit on the sideline. Like, it's... To me, if you put your money on TCU, you're playing with your emotion, which I love. Like, I trust me, I get caught up in emotions too. I want to see a team win. I think the reason the number came down a little bit is because America wants TCU. They're like, oh, this is an underdog. They've been thriving in the role of underdog. I mean, there's a reason Sonny Dykes is called the king of cover, right? Like, he covers games <laughs> yes. all the time. But, man, it just feels like Georgia had their kind of game against Ohio State where they got past it. And I thought they escaped that game. I thought Ohio State was the better team on the night. When they lost Marvin Harrison, I thought that was kind of it. And Kirby Smart had an exceptional timeout, which probably the difference, and Ohio State missed the field goal. But with that opera, like with that game, feel like that was their test. And now they kind of get past it. I just think they have such a better roster from top to bottom than TCU. Max Duggan, in, in order for TCU to win and possibly even to cover. I think Max Duggan has to have the game of his life, similar to what C.J. Stroud had when he was close to perfect, similar to what last year in the SEC championship Bryce Young had when they beat Georgia. I just think it's going to be a really tall task to ask him to do that. And I think you also have to have Stetson Bennett make some mistakes. I don't think either of those games – I don't think either of those things happen. I hope I'm wrong. I would love to see TCU finish the season as an unbelievable Cinderella run, but – I think when you watch the film and you watch Georgia and you watch TCU, I just think it, it's it's a reason why they're 12 and a half. So I lay them with Georgia. And I also lean towards the under at 62 and a half because I think they'll be able to slow down TCU's offense. And then, huh. so here's the other aspect. 
I do think Georgia TCU's fallen behind a lot this year and come from behind. Yeah. I think Kirby's well aware of that. Once they do get a lead, I think, you know, 14, 17 points. I think in the second half, he's going to try to control the time of possession. Mm. I do not want to give them opportunities. Let's kind of sit on it. Let's get this, get in and get out. And I think that fewer opportunities will lead to fewer points for TCU. I'm looking at this app where you can track the money, and it looks like 80% of the money is on Georgia in this one. And, you know, Danny, you mentioned the under. Michigan, not known as a great offense, right? They had a couple big plays against Ohio State. Otherwise, that was close. Michigan had 528 yards of offense. They were playing catch-up, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But they moved the ball at will and had a couple really unlucky, you know, turnover on downs inside the five. You had a fumble at the goal line. I mean, Michigan... I, I have like a tough, the over? Uh, tough time. I do kind of like the over, though. I th- I don't think Max Duggan and, and Sonny Ducks are going to go down. Uh, sw- with the, They're going to keep swinging until the very end, right? They're not right. going to pack it in. And, oh, by the way, how many weeks did they have to prepare for Michigan? Like three weeks? Right. Now you get one week for right. Georgia after the biggest win in school history, right? Yeah, totally. And I think, so here's another advantage I see for Georgia. TCU formationally. And Michigan and Georgia's offenses are pretty similar, right? They don't Mm. have a ton of offensive weapons on the outside. They both want to run the football. They both want to be physical. So, like, TCU had to show a lot on both sides of the ball of what they were going to do. So, against Michigan's defense, they schemed up some things and got some guys wide open. I just wonder how much more they have left in the tank that they haven't shown that they showed against Michigan to put up all those points against Michigan's defense where I think Kirby's going to be all over. I mean, they got 40-plus guys on their staff studying every ounce of film. I don't know. I just think it's going to be a tough task. I did, I would say I'm more confident laying the 12-and-a-half with Georgia than I am on the under. I think you'll be sweating it. Like, I think it could be, it could have backdoor late touchdown as t- TCU's mm. trying to come back from behind that could push the over. But I do think the it, right side is the under. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of BF Goodrich Tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you, or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com Colin to see their BF Goodrich test results, 
tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Do we know if Georgia's defense is good? And that's the tough question because I know they were stacked last year historically great. They lose a lot of guys to the league. And then you see, well, LSU had 30 on them in the SEC title game. And I'll counter, well, they were down by like 30 points most of it anyway, right? right. So they have to be chucking. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I kind of so, lean the over. I, I could see like a 42-21 type game. So don't right forget. Right on the number. It's hard because Ohio State has... Probably the second quarterback overall in the draft, C.J. Stroud. I think that's where he's going to go. They got Marvin Harrison Jr., who's going to be a – when he can come out. He's come back another year. But they got yeah. NFL talent all over the place. Even at running back with the depth issues they had, they mm. still plug in another future NFL player. Their offensive line is probably one of the best in college football. So they had a they had a phenomenal day. Yeah. Oregon, Bo Nix played himself in the Heisman conversation. They held them to three. <laughs> Spencer Rattler, as you mentioned, who had a pretty nice finish seed, they held him to seven. Like, you could go down the list. Tennessee's offense, which was one of the more prolific, surprising stories of the season, they held them to 13 points. In the LSU game, I think that's a, an anomaly because it was 35 to nothing, I believe, at one point. And, the, yeah. you know, they started just slinging it around, and they put up 30 kind of in garbage time. I think Georgia's defense is good, and I think they showcase it against TCU. I, I do want to go back. You said you think Stroud is the second quarterback. Yes. I'm assuming Bryce Young first and Will Levis third? Well, so here's the thing. I think Bryce Young is in a category all by himself. Wow. If, if you go put in the game, him? if you go put in the tape, it is not even close who has played. No one has played better or put down better tape than Bryce Young over the last two years. Here's the thing that worries me. And C.J. Stroud made himself a ton of money against Georgia because it was a little bit dicey. Some people had Levis and Anthony Richardson ahead of C.J. Stroud. They wanted to see him have that performance in that game. So he lit up their secondary, and he showcased the ability to run a little bit, which is becoming a prerequisite to play quarterback in the NFL. The thing that makes me nervous of why some teams might talk themselves out of Bryce Young, he's listed at six feet, like 190. I've, I stood next to him. He's probably closer to 5'11", 180. Mm. That's going to scare off some teams. What if about Houston? Do, has no offensive line, Danny. Yeah. I, gonna, I mean, Tunsil is the only, is great, but I don't know if he's going to be there. You put Bryce Young behind that line, he's going to get killed. Similar to what happened with Tua, right? He hadn't yes. been able to stay healthy. Like, I do think it's an issue with Alabama quarterbacks. Like, how do you evaluate them? Because they play behind such... But Alabama's offensive line this year wasn't that great, and he still made some amazing plays. But I, so I think Bryce Young could go first. I think CJ Stroud, once they like you're a scout, you watch them back to back weeks or at the combine next to each other, you're going to see them throw and you're going to be like, oh, CJ Stroud looks better, looks safer, looks more durable. I personally would not touch Will Levis. I personally would not really? touch Anthony Richardson. 
No, I need to well, see Richardson, somebody. No, hold on, let's back up on Will Levis for yeah. a sec. You wouldn't touch him? No, in the top ten I, or at all? I would second round. I would say all right, maybe oh, late. You know, maybe like on. if you trade back into the first round, you know, 28, 29, 30, somewhere <sighs> in there. I I get it. He is the darling of this draft because he's physical. He looks the part, and he looks phenomenal in shorts and a t-shirt. But wait, hold. But, let me add one thing. Yep. So because someone um, that came by FS1, who's pretty prominent and uh, former NFL coach, mentioned him, I decided to look into him. So Will Levis, 4.0 in high school, okay? Mm -hmm. Goes to Penn State, then transfers. He graduated college in three years. Yep. Then he got his master's in, I think, finance at Kentucky, and he just finished that in December. Oh, by the way, with a 4.0. So not only are you getting the physical, physical guy with all the tools— but you're getting a smart guy above the shoulders. And do you know? Do you know what Dan Marino scored on the Wonderlick? It was I, not good, right? I think it was like his number. I think it was thirteen. Like I, it was, it was, low. It was right, awful. Right, right, right. Yeah, I get it. I it, you want a cerebral quarterback, somebody who can handle a system. You mentioned him starting his career at Penn State, where he wasn't able to beat out Sean Clifford. Clifford, I know. And if you've watched Clifford, he is gonna. <laughs> the, the reason he's easy to fall in love with, he's. Great looking. He's going to, I'm a sponge. And really where the love comes from is the Manning Passing Academy where he, you know, lit it up and Peyton and Eli loved him because he's a football junkie. All those things are the intangibles you look for. But can somebody show me some game film where he looks like an NFL quarterback? And that's the thing to me. Maybe he's, and Josh Allen had a similar career path. And I was, I was doubtful on, I was, I wouldn't say doubtful. I was concerned about, Josh Allen's career at Wyoming, a little inconsistent, didn't have great talent around him. Oh, a little. Dude, he was a fi- like 55% completions. But even he still— He looked bad I, around I, no NFL players. Right. I think Josh Allen is a different specimen. He's even bigger and stronger armed and a better runner than Levis. Somebody's going to take a flyer. Somebody's going to take him. He'll probably go top 10. I will be fascinated because I think he's closer to Mitch Trubisky than he is to Josh Allen. I just think there's more bust Ooh. potential in him than he's Ouch. than he's the next Josh Allen. So here's what's interesting. It looks like he tried a little more to pivot and play more from the pocket. He had a pretty good game last year against Georgia when they were stacked defensively. I think he had Wandale Robinson, who ended up getting drafted. He had better showings last year, and I wonder how much of it got in his head this year. And he was like, you know what? I'm thinking about the league, um, and I'm going to try to— cater my game to let me stay in the pocket more um not run as much and then his numbers are depressed he had you know last year he had 100 yard rushing games this year no games over 35 yards rushing also final five games where he was probably dealing signing with an agent or something he was abysmal couldn't pass top 200 yards against tennessee you know 98 yards passing three picks i'm not making excuses the josh allen comp that you had is interesting that's what, and that's the thing. You know how the NFL works. Like everybody's looking for the next big thing. So Josh Allen has taken the NFL by storm the past couple of years. The two names that Anthony Richardson and Will Levis were really potential guys because Anthony Richardson's tape isn't great either. But no, my true. goodness, this, like he might make Josh Allen look small standing next to him, and he might be able to throw with Josh Allen. But he's been super inconsistent at Florida. Just has not really found. He's had drives. Like, against Florida State, they played on Black Friday. I watched it very closely. He was phenomenal in the first half. Like, had, like, and the broadcasts are like, oh, my goodness, you see why the scouts love him. 
And then he was like, oh, for 11 coming out at halftime and like imploded. <laughs> That's what Anthony Richardson, he's like shown you glimpses, but everyone wants to try to find and be the one, the team that says, oh, he what we saw the potential in him and we developed it to me. That's a risky proposition, and it's already 50-50 with you know first-round quarterbacks. Yeah, I need to see somebody who's kind of got a little bit of everything, the game film, the yeah. size, the intellect, the intangibles, and there's some massive missing pieces with Anthony Richardson and Will Levis. Uh, yeah, I, I had I think I said on the podcast um, last month that you know Richardson, a lot of people were telling him, "Hey, dudes, you know, stay in school." I wish he would have. High school, his high school coach was pushing for, and a couple of his boys. And he ended up going NFL. He's not a first round pick. Now, if he gets lucky to be drafted by Andy Reid or something or Brian Dable as like a project quarterback, then yeah, great. You're going to have a chance. But I mean, you go to like 80% of the league and it's just not going to work for Richardson. I think we would agree on that, right? Totally. Yeah. He's, he's got to get the right situation and somebody that might build an offense around him. Like you saw the Chicago Bears adapt this year with Justin Fields. Let's run him more. He's on the verge of a 1,000-yard season. Or the Ravens did with Lamar Jackson. If somebody builds yeah. a specific system to his skill set because he's an incredible runner, then I think you've got a chance, and that's what people find enticing now. And let me uh, quickly wrap up. The, the New York Giants, a team you played for in the NFL, they're finally back in the postseason. Um, if you're the Giants, you, you bring Brian Dayball on as a coach. He f- turns them around. I think they won four wins last year. And now they got nine or ten. What do you do in the offseason with Daniel Jones? And does it hinge on what happens in the playoffs against the Vikings? Likely the Vikings in two weeks. He's and now it's taken a while, right? This is a critical year for him. Mm-hmm. He's shown an amazing amount of progress. He's so much better than he was. And I think it's a credit to Brian Dable and the job he's made, like harping on him, not turning the ball as o- over as much, you know, being careful with the football when he's running it. Also utilizing his legs. We're talking about adapting and building systems around him. He had 700 rush yards. I mean, that's a high total for an NFL quarterback. But is that sustainable? I think with his body size, I think it is. But I also think teams don't care anymore. You know, it used to be you can't run your quarterback, especially if you're not paying him the $100 million yet, which maybe they have to get to. <laughs> like, I think it's what the Ravens do with Lamar. I think that's what the Bears are doing with Justin Fields. They're like, hey, we got him on a rookie contract. We don't, we're not paying him 40 or $50 million a year. Let's just try to win with him the way he plays. And I think that's what the Giants have done. Here's what I would try to do with Daniel Jones, because I think he's played himself into another opportunity with the Giants, a new contract. Really? Franchise I, tag? I, I do, I do. So here, if you can get him on a cap-friendly deal, like maybe a two-year $50 million, you know, which sounds like a lot, but it's not very much when you consider the top-tier quarterbacks are making 45 and 50. If you could talk him to a shorter-term deal that's cap-friendly and say, you know what? You've done this great a job without great supporting cast at wide receiver. It's got Saquon. Clearly, he's got great cast there. Yeah. But let us build around you and make you even better, and then you can go out and then break the bank at your next contract. If you could talk him into doing that, which is a whole other story, I think it'd be a slam dunk to move. Because, again... The quarterbacks that come out, like at least you kind of know the floor with Daniel Jones now. You know what you can yeah. make the playoffs with him. What if you support him more and you can get to the next level and be a, you know, fight for the number one seed? Wait, wait, wait. For a you're saying this is the floor. Uh, Danny, what if this is his ceiling? True. Very accurate. You, very you could, accurate would you, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be on the market. Derek Carr is going to be on the market. If I'm Brian Dable, I get my pick. Look what I did with this guy. D- D- uh, Josh Allen came in as a 55% completion kid out of Wyoming, and now he's an MVP winner. Or MVP candidate, right? I think I, he's got the raw. I think he's got the arm strength and the athleticism to be as good. Hmm. 
to be a top 10 quarterback. Daniel Jones? I'm not going to say. Yeah. I can be oh a top 10 God, quarterback. Daniel. I don't, I don't think he's that right, this man. year. I think he's showcased enough. Potential? Raw arm talent, athleticism, decision-making to be that if they continue to develop him. Yeah, I think he can, can he be, be better than Kirk Cousins? Yes. Especially the way the game is changing with running your quarterback. Now, I'm a Kirk Cousins mm. apologist, so that's a that's a I think Kirk Cousins is that's high praise, like dude. top 6, top 7 quarterback, you know? Wow. Yeah. So it's Ky- Kyler, well, Kyler's hurt, so I'm not going to bring him up. Huh. All right. Well, we could do this all day anyway. Danny Cannell, great stuff as always. Thanks for joining us. Uh, I'm sure I'll see you at the Super Bowl again, right? Yeah, man. I'll be in Phoenix. Can't wait. We'll have to catch up. The only thing better than sitting on your couch watching the game is making money while you do it. Here's your best bet. Good stuff from Danny Cannell. Really like the breakdowns of college football. We'll be doing a little bit more college football Monday as well ahead of TCU and Georgia. All right, we're going to wrap up the podcast with some best bets in the NFL Week 18. I did post this on the gram earlier this week. I've had a very good season in the Circa Sportsbook contest. I think it's a $3 million contest in Vegas. I think even with a 5-0 and this week, I will fall like half a point short of cashing. Strong finish for me here in the contest. 4-1 and last week. I've had a good read on the board. Historically, I've done fairly well in Week 18, but usually my move is to just keep the powder dry for the playoffs. But in the contest, there's no keeping the powder dry. So here's what I have this week. I have Green Bay at minus 4.5. I bet it twice. I think it will go up. I think they take down the, the Lions. I know that a lot of people want to correlate this game to what happens with Seattle and the Rams. I don't think there's as much of a correlation. Obviously, it's a divisional matchup. Obviously, you beat them once. Green Bay, though, they don't want to go down to the Lions twice. They know win and in. Lions, they're going to go all out. I don't think all of a sudden Dan Campbell's team is going to quit if Seattle beats the Rams. By the way, I don't think Seattle beats the Rams. We just watched this game a few weeks ago. John Wolford was the quarterback. The Rams nearly beat him. They had a chance late in the game. And this Seattle team is beat up. Jordan Brooks, their top linebacker, one of the best tacklers in the league. He's out. This is a monster Cam Akers prop game in the in the passing game, on the ground. Seattle's defense is not good. I will say this. Yes, they beat the Jets. They had a very, very good game plan going into that game. We're not going to attack the outside. We're going to attack the tight ends. And the Jets just were not ready for it. Uh, the coverage linebackers were poor. The safeties were poor. They got destroyed early. You know, Jets played them to a standstill the final three quarters, but... You were down 17-3, like, out of the gate. Seattle just slow-played rest of the game, and the Jets could do nothing. Baker Mayfield can do something. Uh, Tyler Higby should have a big game. Again, Seattle struggled to defend tight ends this year. Look at where they rank on football outsiders defending running backs. I think the Rams can do this. Would not shock me at all. Remember, everybody want to say uh, Seattle has motivation. No motivation for the Rams. Just remember, they don't care about draft picks. No, There's no edicts coming from the top, like maybe in Houston. Hey, guys. Let's sit our players at halftime. Let's call up some guys from the practice squad. We do not want this game, Houston Texans, that is. We want the number one pick. We want our choice of quarterback. We don't want the Bears to slide in, then maybe trade the pick. Bears, obviously, resting Justin Fields. Nathan Peterman is not beating the Minnesota Vikings. I don't care what you say. That is not on the table. So if you are Seattle, you're facing a Rams team where Baker Mayfield, is he playing for a starting job? Could, could he be a starter somewhere? I don't know. Carolina thought maybe he could be a starter. There's got to be at least three teams out there who would say, you know what? 
I'll kick the tires on Baker Mayfield. I'll just put it right now to you pretty bluntly. Tennessee is going to part ways with Ryan Tannehill. That ship has sailed. There's an out in his deal. Atlanta is going to part ways with Marcus Mariota. His deal's over. Those two for sure are going to be quarterback hunting. I don't think they get their pick of the litter. Now, Tannehill could go, go to Atlanta with his guy, Arthur Smith. That That's probably in play. I think if Seattle loses this game, that Pete Carroll will be thinking, is Geno the guy? Do we draft a quarterback with the Denver pick? Uh, I, Seattle could be looking for a quarterback. I don't think they're looking to draft one. Is Geno a bridge guy? Or are they thinking, hey, we were close. We just need a little bit of an upgraded quarterback. I Actually, I think they need a defense, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, bottom line, there are teams that should be in the mix. Look at the Washington Commanders. What are they doing? We know it's not Wentz. Is it Taylor Heineke again? Is it Sam Howell? I, I have no idea. They're going to be in the mix for a quarterback. I can't see Baker going to the Raiders. I think Tom Brady is ticketed for there. Uh, I don't know that the Colts, I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, it won't be Foles. It won't, we don't even know who their coach is going to be. So it's silly to speculate. But Matt Ryan is owed a lot of money. And I don't think there's any scenario where he's the starter next year. Baltimore, let's see what happens with Lamar Jackson. Still not practicing? It cannot be a good omen. I can't see Baker with my Jets. Um, so I think that he's going to be in the mix maybe for a starting job. Or he just says, I'm going to be a cheap backup in, with the Rams. I get to live in L.A. I get to enjoy life out here. Make some money in marketing deals. What's the problem? I'm a backup. So what? Matt Stafford's old. What if he gets hurt again? I think it's a great fit staying the backup. That being said, I... Baker's a competitor, man. I, I think the Rams go to Seattle, and I would not be surprised if they shocked the world. This is a Rams team that's been eliminated for a while. A lot of guys playing for spots in the league. Cam Akers still looking to make up ground for being in the doghouse for half the season. That's another game I bet. So two for sure that I like that I will have in the contest. Packers as well as uh, the L.A. Rams. I have the Eagles at 14, but guys, at 14, can you lay that in a contest? 14? Are we really doing that? That's a lot. Tennessee Titans, I grabbed at seven earlier in the week for a big chunk. It has come down significantly. Yes, I know I'm betting on Josh Dobbs. I mean, come on, guys. I know you're scoffing. I just want to remind some people how bad the Titans are. So I saw this stat, 0-8 versus teams that are currently in the playoffs. And last year, they had eight wins against playoff teams. Everybody loved them last year, and then they have a game at home against the Bengals. I think they got nine sacks of Burrow and still lost the game. Uh, one note, and I said this on Herd Show, the Tennessee Titans sat everyone of consequence last week. Essentially, Derrick Henry, your entire defensive line, some of your secondary, everybody has had two weeks to rest up for this game. They're going to be fresh. Would not shock me if they won this game outright. I will be rooting Jags. I don't have any futures on the Jags. I'm just rooting Jacksonville here because I like them. I think Trevor Lawrence I'd rather watch in the postseason than Dobbs or Malik Willis. So I think that's a, that's a game you gotta you got to have. But the only problem is that number is no longer seven. It went to six and a half. Uh, let's, uh, I got an app. Have, I don't know if I've talked about this app. I think I've mentioned it before, but I was going to reach out to... Um, the guys who uh, put this together and they, they didn't get back to me. So I'm not going to mention the app. It, it's just a good resource. You don't have to pay money or anything. It's free. Um, but let me quickly check. I, I, it's not like it's some big time secret. It's just good at 
finding all of the games. Here we go. Tennessee, Jacksonville. So it's down to six and a half almost everywhere. But it's trending lower. It's like six and a half minus 108 at Circus Sports. That means it's headed to six. It's six. The, the, the books you got to care about are Bet Chris. Good luck, by the way, finding those lines. Uh, they, they're like secretly hidden on the internet unless you fi- find a certain website that has it. Um, Bet Chris, Superbook, and Circus Sports. Those are the three most reputable ones. So I kind of have them at the top that I look at. And if it's trending one way, meaning less than minus 110, it's headed the other way. So I think this ultimately gets down to six. Five is kind of a dead zone. But I do believe the side here has to be Tennessee. Will they win? I don't freaking know. I have no idea if they're going to win. Um, but I'll tell you this. That's going to be a close game. It feels like probably a field goal. I'm looking at betting Cleveland again. I know you guys kind of laughed last week when I took them in Washington. Nothing to play for. Season over. Showed up. Pittsburgh has something to play for. Is at home. I think I got to go Miles Garrett and company here. If you could find a three, but a lot of them are gone. So that kind of stinks. Um, I can't see myself touching Carolina and New Orleans at all. Jets, Miami. Listen, if it's not Mike White, I don't know. Who, I don't know how you can bet the Jets. Joe Flacco, really? January Joe Flacco? It is his month. Remember that was what it, that was his nickname because he showed up in the playoffs all the time. That is now gone from Jets minus one to Miami minus two. Uh, not as big of a swing through zero. If it goes through a key number of three or seven, then it's massive. Um. I think we talked about Minnesota-Chicago. You have to bet Minnesota here. Nathan Peterman at home. Can't see it. They don't even have a run game, really. Now, the Vikings do stink, and laying over a touchdown on the road is significant, but I, I just I can't get over this. <laughs> Nathan Peterman, guys, do you remember the last time you saw him? Was it in Buffalo? We had like two pick sixes and nearly a third? I, he's unbackable unback- at any number. The most interesting game that nobody cares about, Houston-Indianapolis. Just consider this for a second. The Indianapolis Colts are favored over someone. And that's because Lovey Smith, who has openly talked in the past, or openly tanked in the past, I don't know if he's actually talked about it, but it's been obvious that they've tanked. They tanked for the number one pick when he was in Tampa to get Jameis Winston. And now they're tanking. I don't know if they like Bryce Young. I don't know if they like uh, CJ Stroud. Maybe they want Will Anderson, the edge rusher from Bama. Bottom line is, they want to have their pick at number one. And if that's the call and that's coming from the top, hey, pull Davis Mills. Like <laughs> You got to have to laugh at that. Is Jeff Driscoll going to start? I don't know what their plan is. And that's one of the problems, betting crappy games like Houston, Indianapolis. Um, San Francisco is laying two touchdowns, Brock Purdy at home. There is, I'm starting to hear more people say that it seems like Cliff Kingsbury's gone or he's checked out. I can understand the checked out, but gone? You're telling me you're going to dump your GM and you're going to dump your coach and you're going to ask, you're going to try to fill that with somebody when you know Kyler Murray's not going to be back next year for at least half the season. I got so many people saying, oh, why do you think he's not going to be back? Look at these guys who rallied from an ACL. And then, of course, the news came out. Kyler Murray, probably not going to be ready for the start of next season. I like it. Probably. Don't mention Tom Brady recovering from an ACL, please. Carson Palmer. These are not running quarterbacks. These are pocket guys. Kyler's not running. Is he any good as a quarterback? That's what makes him special. I kind of want to lay it with San Fran, but I can see them calling off the dogs if other results are in. Because, like, I don't know. I don't think they can. Oh, no. Philly's actually at 125. Yeah. So Philly and Arizona and San Fran kick off at the same time. 
basically if Philly gets out to, let's say if Philly 28 nothing, San Fran's not playing guys in the second half because they'll be playing next weekend. So San Fran could call off the dogs. It's a little risky to lay a big number. Um, yeah, that Philly Giants game is just crazy. Absolutely nuts. I, I think you have to take, for me at least, Philly or nothing. And then the last one I'll talk about is Chargers-Broncos. The Chargers will take the field knowing if they need to win or not. I think that's all you need to know. Whatever the result, if the Chargers need to win, I think you got to bet the Chargers. But look what the market's telling you. Broncos currently favored by three at home against the Chargers. They are already predicting, at least the people, the, the sharp bettors that move lines and the you know guys in Vegas who are setting some of these lines, they are saying what they think is going to happen, that Denver is going to kick off as the favorite. Now, if you think the Chargers have to win, maybe you think the Ravens with their uncertainty of quarterback is going to upset Cincy, well, go ahead and take the Chargers now. But whatever that scenario is with the Chargers coming out on top, if you think they need to win, go ahead and bet it now. I, I don't think they need to. I think they're going to sit there, guys. This is a team that's been banged up on the offensive line, defensive line. It's a mess. The scenarios are unwieldy. And again, this is one of the reasons. Like, Why are you going heavy in Week 18? Save it for the playoffs. All right, that's it for the weekend. Guys, enjoy the first weekend of January football. I will be coaching youth basketball. First time in two years. COVID wrecked the league for two straight years. Unbelievable. Um, Talk to you Monday. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more.